Welcome to the Illuminating Mycelium Podcast. The podcast for everyday people by everyday people. I'm your host, Project Dave, and I'm back at it again to continue highlighting and amplifying the lives, ventures, and endeavors of everyday people just like you and me and learning from them along the way. In this episode, I sit down with Jesse Renneke of Luck, Wisconsin. Originally from Comstock, Wisconsin, he actually went to college at Augsburg in Minneapolis back in 2012 and graduated with a degree in physics from there in 2016, which is coincidentally where I had actually met him. I was taking an introductory physics course at the time because I thought that that could be a potential major for me. And lo and behold, it was not as I eventually switched over to communications. But anyways, we discuss a few different things in today's episode, including his part-time modeling gig, his endeavors with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and his family's history with MMA, which actually goes back quite a bit, his experiences studying abroad and how that helped shape him into who he is today. And we wrap up by talking a little bit about what it's like being a young conservative in today's age, which was pretty interesting as well. And so without further ado, I'll go ahead and bring Jesse on. But first, just let me give a brief word about everyday people and what fuels them. When talking about everyday people and their stories, we can't help but talk about all their hard work. So grab a cup of coffee. I often think about what fuels a lot of these everyday folks, as well as what sustains me personally. Coffee certainly helps, but it can't just be any coffee. It's got to be coffee made by everyday people for everyday people. The kind that when you brew it in a pot, it kind of just draws everyone to the kitchen and they're sniffing that aroma. Our beans are sourced from small businesses in the heart of the Appalachia. My personal favorite, the Route 39 blend from Lexington Roasters is a Forbes top ranked coffee. You can also check the notes on each blend to determine flavor profiles, shipping, and more. Beans are roasted on a weekly basis to ensure freshness. So if you're looking for some extra fuel to aid you in your everyday lives, ventures, and endeavors, go to thegrindbluefield.com backslash shop dash coffee dash roast or click the link in the description to pick out your next coffee beans and brew a pot of happiness. The grind never stops. How are we doing? Going so far. Doing well, man. I'm doing well. I just got back from Florida, so I got a nice tan going. <laughs> Probably last yeah, about two more days. About that. So you just went to Orlando, right? Yes, sir. How was that? A lot of fun. It was actually uh, my first time in Florida, so I was uh, looking forward to that. Um, the weather was great, though. Apparently, around this time of the year, it uh like rains every day at like four o'clock or something like that for like two hours, and then it's back to being like ninety and sunny. <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah, I know. I've only been to Florida a handful of times, so I guess I never really knew that. <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> It'd be kind so of funny. We'd be in the pool. Oh, go so ahead. you went there for a um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournament, right? Yes, sir. It was the uh, Pan American Games, the uh, one of the biggest tournaments in the world. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, had a great time. I unfortunately lost. Um, my first match, um, I was up, I was winning the match, and then I did a dumb tactical decision where I sat back for a submission, and when the guy came up, technically he went from uh, bottom to top, 
And when I didn't finish the submission, he got two points for that, which gave, then gave him the lead. And I unfortunately time ran out. So I lost when I could have stayed on top and won. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I've been trying to learn more about stuff. Cause like recently my girlfriend got into Muay Thai and, you know, I always liked watching mm-hmm. UFC. So I was like, being able to learn more from people who actually practice it and get that firsthand perspective, you know? Oh, for sure. Uh, Muay Thai is great. Um, it's a great workout too. I, I love jujitsu. I mean, it's, uh, it's changed my life around. Um, it's helped me through a kind of a tough time in my life. It, uh, honestly, I can't say enough good things about it. Not only is it great for self-defense, not only is it a great workout, but I think it's probably the best martial art just to prepare you for life in general. Um, you know, I could rave about it, but it's uh, one thing that you get with jiu-jitsu. I don't think you quite get with any other martial art, you know, and probably I could say the same thing about like judo and wrestling too. But I think specifically jiu-jitsu is where you have the most is dynamic problem solving. And that's something that you can carry throughout. You know, it helps you throughout all other aspects of life. Well. For sure. Well, okay. Before we dive into that a little bit more i just want to give a brief introduction of who you are to my listeners so you're jesse renicky um i had met you back at augsburg way back in like 2012 um and i think you were playing football there for a little bit right yeah i've also did baseball as well awesome yeah and um i remember i think we had a physics class together and i can't remember if you ended up graduating in physics or not i definitely changed my major after that though (laughs) Yeah, I uh, I actually did get my uh, bachelor's in physics, so I'm not quite using it for physics at the moment. I'm kind of doing a different career track. But gotcha. So uh, fast forward to now, um, what what all are you up to now? I know that you're doing MMA. Um, I believe you also work for like a modeling agency, right? So you got your hands tied in a lot of different things, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I do like the jujitsu. I do uh, do some modeling. That's just kind of part time stuff. My uh, what I'm mainly doing right now is right now I'm a lab assistant at the hospital, Amory Hospital, which is connected to the Health Partners branch. You know, like Regions and St. Paul and stuff. And then yeah. uh, in about a month, month and a half here, I'm going to be done with my test prep course, and I'll be passing my MT certification, become a med tech. So when I become a med tech, I'll be the guy that does all the high complexity testing that a hospital does. So like whenever you get your blood drawn, whenever you leave like a urine sample, yada, 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 I'll be the guy that'd be testing that, if that makes sense. Yeah. And how did you get involved in that going from like a physics major to something like that? Um, well, it's got a little bit of a long story, so I'll get into (laughs) it. (laughs) Um, you know, like as you know, David and we met way back. Weird to think that 2012 was almost 10 years ago now. That's right. that's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you feel old. Um, no, but uh, yeah. So we kind of did physics. To, I mean, we did physics together, and then I, uh, I really, uh, you know, I I enjoyed physics, you know. But to be honest, like I feel like that wasn't quite my main thing. I like out. A lot of reasons I did it was because my mom really wanted me to do it. You know, my grandpa's a physics professor in the University of Utah. Uncle on my mom's side, uh, he's like an electrical engineer that owns his own company. You know, and then my, my other uncle on my mom's side works for like, you know, as a private subcontractor for the Pentagon doing electrical stuff. So he's like, you know, like a lot of very sciencey stuff on that side of the family. 
And then I wasn't sure. sure, And I wasn't sure what I wanted to do because who really is at that age, you know? Um, But uh, the one thing that kind of stuck out to me is like, hey, physics is like the one of the hardest majors you can do. If you can kind of do that, you can do anything. So I uh, went and did physics and, you know, like I was able to get through. I wasn't a great student, if I'm being honest, you know, I did two sports (laughs) and I was uh, very social to say the least, especially (laughs) being a small country guy, being in the city for the first time. It was a a lot of fun. Yeah, because you're from Wisconsin, right? Yep. Yep. I uh, went to school in Luck, Wisconsin, which is the uh, self-proclaimed yo-yo capital of the world. (laughs) Oh, I never knew that. (laughs) Yeah. So you're welcome. <laughs> um, no, yeah. So like being in the city was kind of like a, it was really cool as a eye-opening experience. Obviously, you know, like I've been to Minneapolis like a handful of times, obviously, but I never like lived there. You know, it's weird having like stuff, you know, being like five minutes away from you. <laughs> you yeah. What made you decide to go out to Augsburg for school? Um, actually, baseball. You know, because I originally was crew to play baseball there under Coach Bateman. You know, so I. uh just did a tour of the campus and I loved it. You know, like it was kind of cool. What I liked was like, I mean, it's kind of the main selling point of Augsburg, right? It's always the small campus, small school feel in the big city, you know, but right. it's a real thing. And I kind of like that. So like that and the sports got me out there. For sure. Um, And when did you start getting involved in jujitsu? How many years ago was that? That was about three years ago now. So kind of tying back to like how I got to be in the med tech. Um, after I graduated from Oxford with my degree in physics, I uh, wanted to originally do technical sales. I figured that'd be a good way to use my science kind of background. And like my, you know, I was pretty personal. I'm pretty extroverted. So I like being open and talking to people. So I thought it'd be a good combination of the two things. Um, you know, so I originally started with Verizon, which it wasn't technical sales, but I was a good resume builder. And I was doing really well with them. And then, uh, my mom unfortunately got uh, had a relapse with cancer, you know. So then I, uh, and to be honest, I, after doing sales for about a year, I was kind of like getting over sales, you know. It wasn't quite my gig either. So I figured, you know, I would like to get back to science, you know, because that's why I got my uh, degree in. And I figured it'd be really cool to like try cure cancer, you know, do cancer research. So then I uh, got accepted. I was one of six Americans to get accepted to study abroad over in NTNUE or um, uh, University of Science and Technology in the Trondheim, Norway. So I uh, went over there. Um, I did uh, a master's class in uh, nanotechnology specific for cancer research. And I wrote a paper on how uh, we could use nanotechnology to help out with immunotherapy. Um, And I just had time in my life over there. You know, I uh, picked up jujitsu. That's where I picked up jujitsu. And the uh, reason I picked up jujitsu is because I wanted, always wanted to learn how to fight and how to do self-defense. My dad was a black belt in judo um, and also like a two-time state sparring champion in karate as a brown belt. And my mother was a world-class uh, point fighter in karate slash kickboxer. Like, um, we had a... a the gym they trained at back in the day, they had a guy named John Longstreet who was the uh, undisputed, uh, I think undefeated for a long time, PKA kickboxing world champion. And they had another guy named Scott Mastin who was the national champion and undefeated professional kickboxer until he blew out his knee. And like, uh, especially with Scott Mastin's case, like his uh, preferred sparring partner was my mom, 
was a woman and 40 pounds lighter than he is, you know, and that's for full contact rounds. So my mom was really good. So then it was, uh, I figured I have to learn <laughs> how to fight myself, <laughs> you know, and try to hold up the, uh, you had some big shoes to fill there. <laughs> exactly. Needless to say, I didn't talk a lot of shit around the Renicky household. <laughs> <growing up. laughs> oh, I bet. Um, yeah. So then I uh, was looking to jiu-jitsu and one of the things that attracted me over judo was that it was like a little bit less. I didn't have to pay any fees. I could do it. It was no gi, so I could kind of do it in my workout clothes, you know, instead of having to buy like a big gi, which I which I did later on. I'm getting into, it and I love training the gi. But one thing that attracted me about jujitsu was like, hey, we got no gi classes, so you don't have to buy anything special. Just come out in workout clothes, and you can get started in it. Nice. Is that so? Is jujitsu pretty popular in Norway? Because you said that you were in Norway at that time, right? Yeah, it's it's getting pretty popular all over the world, you know. But Norway has a couple of really good competitors. And uh, kind of a funny story about uh, Norway and jiu-jitsu. So my first class that I ever went, um, there was in, it's in this kind of beautiful school that overlooks the ocean, so it was really cool. Um, but I went to my first class, I did it, and I was kind of in love with it. And I, of course, I'm a pretty competitive guy, so when they asked people to start rolling right, after, rolling right away after class, I was all about it. Um, and I remember there's this cute girl, uh, I think Astrid was her name um that has like a little bit of a crush on it and like i think i asked her to roll or she asked me to roll one of the two she asked she asked me to roll and i was like you're listening to the illuminating mycelium podcast if you're enjoying the show you should come check out all of our fresh new merchandise and apparel that just dropped on our store we've got t-shirts pants sweatshirts hats Phone cases, water bottles, coffee mugs, shoot, even blankies, and a ton more. All made with comfy fabrics and premium materials. They feature our signature logos, catchphrases, guest picks, and come in all sizes. Now shipping nationwide right to your doorstep. Just go to illuminatingmyceliumpodcast.com or click the link in the description to pick out your next gear and become the mycelium. That's kind of funny because I remember saying, like, don't worry, I'll go easy on you, whatever. <laughs> and she kind of, like, gave me, like, a little chuckle and a smile. Um, and, like, this is back in – I just got done playing college football. It's about 190 pounds, 185 pounds. Like, you know, I'm pretty solid. It's a pretty strong guy. And, like, she just twisted me into knots. And she's, like, 100, 110 pounds max, right? Like, you know, she's, like, very fit, very in shape, but not very big at all. Mm-hmm. And I remember she put me in what they call the crucifix. So like she had uh, both her arms wrapped around one of my arms. She's on my back. Then she had both her arms wrapped around one of my arms and her legs controlling my other arm. And she was stretched me out like I was like Jesus on the cross. <laughs> that sounds painful. <laughs> my God. It was. <laughs> and she made me like do like a double arm lock where I had the tap. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that was my first day. Um, which to be honest, <laughs> I <laughs> it was kind of it was kind of funny because like one I was like, OK, this must work. So I got to learn how to do this stuff. But two, I was not going to ask her out after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> so in jujitsu, it seems like it's a lot about technique. Like you don't have to be the biggest guy to win. It's all about how you use your body and the angles that you approach people, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, Don't get me wrong. Strength and technique, I mean, strength and size helps a lot. You know, whenever you get two people that are like, say, pretty equal technique-wise, it usually comes down to who's in better shape and who's stronger. 
well, then one out, right? You know, so like, you know, jujitsu always says that the smaller person can beat the bigger person, which is true, but there's always a caveat to that, you know? Um, you know, like I've beaten like higher ranked belts than I have, you know, especially if they're smaller, you know what I mean? So it's, 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 it kind of goes back and forth, but in general, yes. Like my instructor, he's like a world-class practitioner. He's a uh, 140 pounds beats the crap out of me most days you know what i mean mm-hmm. you know and i you know there's times where i'm like 210 pounds you know so you know pr- pretty muscular but who say so myself and like i get worked you know so like it, it definitely does for sure yeah because uh i've gone in on my girlfriend's practices a couple times and like i feel like there's always at least one time where i see a smaller dude just whipping a bigger dude and it's crazy because like the instruct her instructor, like the head instructor of that academy, like he's won like all these awards. Like he used to work with Navy SEALs, got all these Pentagon contracts, but like he's just the smallest dude, and you would never suspect it from him. You know, it's just crazy. Well, it, it's a uh, one of the beauties of it is that uh, is that with jujitsu, it really emphasizes using your legs a lot. You know, mm-hmm. and the legs are the strongest part of your body, and like almost anybody in the world can use their legs against somebody's arm, you know, and those legs will win out if that makes sense. Um, and especially like with jujitsu, what we got over all the things like the guard. Now I'm not, and again, like it, was, it gets a little tricky because especially when punches involved, I'm not saying I want to be on bottom, you know, but like if you're there, you might, you better learn some jujitsu. And, uh, the way you can use your legs to keep somebody off you and to create ankle can make it very dangerous. You know, um, like any, like outside of like the top level MMA fighters, like the upper echelon of the UFC, like a high level jujitsu practitioner and a one-on-one fights, the, the best fighters you'll find come across. Cause they can fight from kind of any position that you put them in. And for as long as they need to, if that makes sense. Yeah, I definitely feel that. And a lot of it's because they also knew how to use their body the best. Like, again, like, that girl, the way she uh, put me in the double crucifix is, one, she got angled. She's behind me, right? So when you're behind, the human body is very adapt to dangers that are in front of it. You know, we got our hands, you know, we got our arms, we got our knees, elbows, all that. You know, we can see what's in front of us and we can defend ourselves against uh, dangers in front of us very well. But the problem is, as soon as you get behind us, we have nothing back there. You know, we're not, we don't have any, uh, you know, uh, defensive measures really behind us. Maybe farting, I guess, but, you know, nothing, <laughs> nothing, act- seriously. So when someone gets behind you, that's a very serious problem, you know. So with that, she got the angle. She got behind me, right? Um, she started isolating my limbs. So, like, yeah, my legs were out of the quiet equation because she's behind me and up by my neck and then uh she took took both her legs and wrapped around one of my arms and then i couldn't i can't do that because like even though i got about you know 50 60 maybe even 80 pounds on her you know my one arm's not gonna be stronger than her two legs so then she starts isolating that one and she used to use the other two arms to kind of like isolate the other one and that's a little bit tough for her right because that was it's still She's still at the advantage, but I'm still kind of strong on, you know, one arm against two against somebody half my size. But like, even then she was still able to stretch both of those arms out. And once you get a limb isolated, 
um that's when he can really do some damage like she could have like oh, yeah. especially one one with uh the one arm with her two legs wrapped around like she could have snapped that in half if she, you know if it was like a straight like a street fight if that makes sense yeah it reminds me of kind of the stuff i see on ufc where they like break their legs or like kick their shins in like it's just it can get pretty crazy <laughs> oh yeah um and the thing is too is that uh the thing about why the back's so prized too, the probably most dominant position in fighting is that it, she can attack my neck. And the reason why like a rear naked choke is my favorite sub of all, and probably almost every practitioner's favorite sub is it doesn't matter how strong you are. It doesn't matter what drugs you're on. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter how good you are. If I cut off the oxygen supply to your brain, you are going unconscious. It doesn't matter who you are or what you're doing, if that makes sense. So it's like the, uh, yeah. the ultimate lion killer. For sure. So we've talked a lot about like the physical benefits and some of the discipline that goes into uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and MMA. So what, what kind of like other benefits, like in other parts of your life, do you see kind of like funneling through from it? Well, this is glad I asked this question because I was just about to tie it in. I think I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but the biggest thing about Jiu Jitsu that I take away from it, how it's helped my life, not even just the competing and like the physical getting in shape for that you need to is the uh, dynamic problem solving that comes with it and that you don't mm-hmm. quite get anywhere else, you know? Um, and what I mean by dynamic is that it's uh, constantly moving, right? So like if I give you a math problem, you know, like, you know, what's 70 divided by 10, right? Whatever. So that's pretty easy. But for example, like a math problem is a static problem where you can work on it as long as you want, and it doesn't change. You know what I mean? So right. like, yep. it's just the same. Well, with jujitsu, it's like, it's a dynamic problem. It's like trying to, <laughs> it's trying to solve a puzzle that's fighting back. You know, um, not only do you have to control your own body and your own limbs, you have to try to control somebody else's body and somebody else's limbs and get them into, get those limbs into a position Um where they're weak and they have no option to escape. The problem is is that (laughs) those limbs aren't connected to another conscious uh, cognitive being who's trying to do the same thing to you. (laughs) You know? um, (laughs) And so you're constantly trying to solve problems, you know, and trying to solve problems to get to your goal, but then those problems keep constantly changing because the other guy's doing the same thing back. If that makes sense, you know, like, uh, as soon as he's like, okay, I get, you know, I close one door, I solve that problem. Then I want another one's opened up. They put a different problem that requires a different solution to you. And this is all constantly happening, you know, in split seconds. If that yeah. makes sense. So I'm sure that that probably translates over a lot too. Like it's made you more adaptive and a better problem solver. Yes. And also just dealing with pressure in general, right? Cause you're doing this under a pretty stressful environment. Someone's trying to break your arms and take your head off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that you're expected to think under those situations, you know, like whenever I lost a lot of it's because I stopped thinking and started trying to panic, you know, or I've started, you know, I stopped thinking like, oh, crap, I'm done for. I got to get out of here. You know what I mean? And then that just makes it worse and worse and worse instead of like, okay, I'm in trouble. This, you know, 300 pound guys on top of me. How do I get out of it? Yeah, you know I definitely I mean? see a lot of parallels with the discipline and mma and also like the discipline that you get in the army i see a lot of parallels there yes in fact a lot of army guys and marines and stuff come over to like jujitsu and train 
or MMA or Muay Thai, you know, it's a, they're naturally adaptive to it. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. Switching gears. Now we had talked a little bit about your work in MMA. Another thing that I wanted to talk about as well is like how you navigate life now, how everything has changed. Um, being a young conservative, I know that, you know, you also have a lot of debates on social media and stuff like that. And do you feel like there's like a stigma behind being like a young conservative? Uh, yes and no. Um, it kind of depends. It kind of depends on who you talk to a little bit. I do think there's a disconnect between both sides. You know, like if you talk to like somebody, some people on the left, not everybody for sure. But, like, they kind of don't, like, they don't, and this goes for the right, too, so, but they don't see how the other side can think the way they think. You know, they just automatically assume, like, that if you're a conservative, that you're either, like, a racist, a xenophobe, a sexist, you know, um, that you don't care about others because you don't, you know, you don't want to do the easy option, if that makes sense, or the option that sounds nice. You know what I mean? Like, like if I said something like, uh, you know, like if I said something against Black Lives Matter, for instance, you know, like I don't think that the America is a systematically racist country. Oh, then you don't care about Black Lives, or you don't, you know, you just you don't care about Black Lives. You're a race, or you're a racist. Right. If that makes sense, there's no. Uh, it seems like the Overton window has been closed so much especially on the left, that's hard to actually have a conversation with uh, some, not again, not with everybody. There's plenty of still good people that I can have good conversations with. You know, oh yeah. I was that. just bringing it up too. Cause I, I know that you're really passionate about a lot of the topics. And I remember, you know, reading through some of the, the comments and the conversations that you had. And I feel like a lot of them were really productive where you were able to reach a mutual understanding, but you know, there was also a lot where it's like, the other person just resorts to name calling or um, ad hominem attacks, you know, stuff like that. So I, I felt like you were always good at like sticking to the point, you know, showing the logic behind things. And sometimes people unfortunately don't see it, but. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause I feel like what's important is that I think what everybody kind of loses sight of is that we're all trying to figure out what the truth is. You know, like at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. Cause truth wins out. And, you know, like, and the thing about reality is if you don't, if you're not living in reality, reality's going to slap you in the face. I'm sure we can all attest to that. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, so it's like truth is always what's uh, the most important. That's all we're just trying to find. You know what I mean? It's not like, to be honest, it's one of those things where if America was a racist country, I would like to, you know, actually figure it out and try to find out why and then see if we can solve that problem. And the part of the reason why we do that is that we actually have to have these debates, you know, and we have to figure out the what each side is trying to get at, you know what I mean? And this is uh, one thing I've been trying to do better of when I have debates is I almost try to build out, build up the other side argument as strong as I can, you know what I mean? Like, and this is something I heard like Jordan Peterson talk about, who I uh, really like. Everybody seems to like, right? You know, but, yeah, he's a cool guy. Uh, I like him too. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Rogan, what and all that, but like you talked about how, like when he's in debates, like you don't want to build a straw man, take that down. You want to build your opponent's uh, argument as strong as it as it can be, as strong as you can make it. 
Because then if you truly can knock that down, then they don't have an argument. Does that make sense? Yeah, they have you know nothing I mean? left to stand on after that. Exactly. And then also building that, as strong as, building that argument as strong as you can make it, then you can uh, also figure out where they're coming from too and kind of see life through their shoes, which kind of just comes back to also just being empathetic and trying to figure out, again, trying to figure out, okay, you're seeing it this way. Why do you see it this way? Perhaps if I see it this way too, then I maybe I agree with you. Maybe I don't, but then I can still understand you better as a person. And then also just get reminded that <laughs> you're a person that wants what's best, you know, just like me, if that makes sense, and hopefully have a better conversation. Yeah, I, that's the tricky thing. I feel like it's hard to encourage people to be open-minded. And I think part of it just boils down to sometimes turning off the TV, but I really want to do with my podcast is reach a variety of people and show people that it's really easy to have a conversation and make a mutual connection. It doesn't always have to have political undertones. You know, we can come to a mutual agreement. Well, ex- exactly. You know, and it's, uh, and again, it's with, it's again, it's with everything in life, right? You know, like it doesn't necessarily have to be politics. It could be like, what, you know, what do we want for dinner? <laughs> you know, or like, you know, you're, <laughs> husband and wife having a spatter with your boyfriend and girlfriend. Like this is all just like life things, you know, you're trying to make a sale, you know? So like if you're trying to make a sale, a lot of times you want to see it from your customer's perspective. So when you do that, you can truly understand the customer and understand what they need. And hopefully you got, you know, an item that matches their need. Kind of very basic, you know, <laughs> loose way to say that. But you know, if that makes sense, kind of like the general process. Um, yeah, it makes sense. I feel like I've always considered, open-minded and you know i try to encourage other people to do it but sometimes it's only so far you can go (laughs) well yeah i mean at the end of the day like people are going to do what they want to do right you know you can lead a horse to water but you can't always make them drink um from you know for me like i'm trying to have these conversations and and to be honest when i first started having them sometimes i get you know i'd be nice until someone's mean to me and then i'll be like Oh, you know what? Yada, yada, yada. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, you know, like I, I was just as bad as sometimes, you know, so I was something, you know, cause I kind of stepped back from the social media debates. I'm thinking about getting back into them. Oh, <laughs> you then, totally should, man. I'll, I'll root you on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so it's, and I'm not, so I'm not trying to say I'm perfect either. And like, it's not just like a left thing. It's people on the right doing stuff like that too. Like, Oh, they're just a bunch of snowflakes. They don't understand, you know, they don't know how the real world works and all that stuff. And like, you know, so it goes on both ways and, you know, it's kind of getting back to the politics thing. It's like, you know, you know, the, the us versus them, I just never quite like, you know, like, uh, again, I feel like we're all Americans. We all want what's best for people for the most part. I feel like, wow, we talked about a lot. I think that was <laughs> I had covered here was there anything else you wanted to wrap up or touch on uh, no man i uh really enjoyed the conversation i'd love to be on again you know i thought it was a really i felt like we probably could go on for another hour or two <laughs> realistically <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah i appreciate you coming on man and yeah i'm definitely down to have you on again sometime yeah no problem man again thanks for having me on i really enjoyed it i'd definitely be down to do it again sometime All right. Sounds good, man. All right, brother. Have a good day. All right. You too. 
Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed the show and had fun while learning more from everyday people just like yourselves. To support us and help us spread these stories even further, please consider giving us a review or rating on whichever platform you're streaming from. There will be links in the description box just in case you can't find it. And for more news and all things everyday people, join our newsletter by going to our website. By joining, you'll also gain exclusive offers and discounts on Illuminating Mycelium merchandise and apparel from our store. Just go to IlluminatingMyceliumPodcast.com or click the link in the description and become the Mycelium.